We are back. We are back. live with my man, Nick True, the money man, talking about money because not everybody loves money, but everybody hates not having enough of it. So, 100%. Um, 100%. Yeah. And uh, we got a lot of good feedback on the first show we did. And so we, we've, you know, slotted Nick in here permanently on the show uh, because. There's no shortage of topics to talk about with regard to budgeting, money, cash flow management, whatever bucket that you want to put that in, and the affiliate in order to grow a fit and healthy affiliate in order to have a larger impact. So that's that's totally. where Nick comes in and, and does a lot of the heavy lifting for us. So um Cody, what was the first what number episode was the original one? Do you know off the top of your head? He'll find it, he'll pull it up here in just a second. Okay. Um so, um, yeah, so the today's topic, uh, if you guys kind of want a little bit of Nick's background, you can go back and watch the previous episode. We're going to kind of dive in here, but today's episode is kind of, we talked very broadly in the, in the first episode, Nick, and we covered like all things like, Hey, this, yeah. this is the big picture, 30,000 foot level. Yep. And today what I'd like to dive into is kind of like, Hey, okay, how do we start doing? Okay. Look, this whole thing of like, Hey, let's get our, let's get it together. Let's get the house in order. How, what's that process look like? Where are where do we typically see people have missteps? And what are some things that gym owners should be considering? Affiliate owners should be considering when going through this process because you know we've had uh, we've had I don't know call it a couple hundred people kind of put through our our budget course at this point. Like it's it's mandatory yeah. if everybody comes through the coursework. So you see a ton of these already, and. Um, and what I think is cool, and again, you've, I've forwarded you some of the emails that we get, is everybody that really kind of everybody gets benefit out of it. Yeah. Obviously, the people that embrace it more um, really have some profound kind of breakthroughs and stuff like that, which is really really cool to see. And, and obviously, that creates healthier gems. So, um, where, how do we start? Where do, where does this all begin? Yeah. Good. I mean, so here's here's where I really want to start, which is like. I said this last time, but I'm going to say it again. And you're probably going to hear me say it on most episodes because I think it's really important. One of the things that I think is cool about getting to work with affiliate owners on their money is that I'm coaching coaches on how to do money, but they're coaches in their own right, just with health and fitness. And so where I want to start is like, if you have any fear or like, if you have any like resistance to this, if you have been not wanting to do this, if you've been not wanting to jump in and actually really dive into your money, tell yourself exactly what you would tell someone at your gym who's like not wanting to work out, very scared to come and do their first wad, very scared to like try to think about eating healthier, very scared... All of the same things that you would say to that person, you can say to yourself about money. Because to your point, one of the like cool unlocks we've had is like seeing people go, oh, now I at least know where I'm at, right? Right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, oh, okay, got it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Like, we're here, you know? It's like, it's like the first time, I remember the first time I went to the first... Um, First time I did like just to drop in at a, a CrossFit box to see like, you know, is this for me? Do I like this? Um, 
I remember like looking at um, the whiteboard before they had even gotten started. They had had the whiteboard up there and um, the workout was written on the board from like the previous class. And I saw all this language that meant nothing to me, <laughs> right? Like there's all these acronyms and I don't know them and there's movements and, and there's names. I don't know any of this. Um, and I felt nervous, you know, like I felt like, oh, I don't know if, if I really can do this, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with that. I'm nervous about it, but I, but I knew that I needed to get healthier. I knew I wanted to get fitter. And, uh, and so I knew that I needed to take this step, right? The same thing is true for your money. And what was nice is after I got done with that first workout, guess what? I at least knew where I was. I was like, yeah, great. It's, um... I can start here. Yeah. And I think the, the other important there is like, I, it, a, it's not weird for people to have resistance here. No, not at all. I did. I was on the phone call. Uh, I will not name this person cause I did not ask their permission to tell this story. So I'm going to tell that absence of their name, but I was on a phone call, uh, maybe two weeks ago with somebody and I said, Hey, have you finished and gotten everything set up? And they said, no, I just really, I don't, I don't understand. Like, I don't really see the value in this. Yeah. So what I did was I skipped past talking about the budget and i said mm -hmm. all right put a pin in it what are you trying to get done well i'm trying to make sure that i can get benefits i want to make sure that we hire this new coach i want to do this other things and i said do you think it'd be beneficial if you knew exactly how much money you had to, in order to make those decisions they're like oh okay never mind i said and we can we can walk this is what it allows yes. you to it allows you to do these experiments without actually and this is what i love about it the most you can do these experiments without actually executing on it and then do what i've done in the past which is have some sort of miscalculation yes once you've done it like you can't you can't put that back hmm. but in YNAB, i can run through this hypothetical experiment and mm -hmm. see if it works. And then I'm yep. like, oh, it works. Good. It worked for three months and now I'm good to go. Yeah. And just that conversation, they were like, okay, I'm going to do it now. I understand. Like, this is actually going to help me solve. And I said, you don't want to do this because it stresses you out, but you're telling me you want to solve this other thing that, which is also causing your stress. So your resistance yes. to fix this is fix. This is preventing you from solving the problem that you're telling me is, is causing you a ton of stress. And once we kind of peeled back that and I said, this is the tool that allows you to fix that problem that you just said that you wanted to, to address. And they're like, oh, okay, I'm in, let's do it. Um, um, it's so what you just said, I was going to bring this up today anyways, but this is perfect. Um, so I've been reading this book and, uh, there's this quote that I loved and I'm just like, I've attached onto this. I'm going to use it all the time now. Um, so this quote by this guy named Donald S. Whitney, and he says, uh, discipline without direction is drudgery. And mm -hmm. this idea that like being disciplined with your money, being disciplined to track all your expenses, to know what's coming in, know what's going out, know where you need the cash. It's work. It, it requires discipline. It is not always fun. And it is absolutely going to be drudgery if you don't have a sense of direction for why you're doing this. And so exactly to your point, you know, with this person, like the second they now have, Oh, here's the direction I'm trying to go in. And now I'm connecting the discipline, the practice to that. Now it's no longer drudgery. Now it's a helpful tool that helps me move towards the direction I'm trying to move. In. Well, this is something that you cover in your personal course that you yep. run with people yeah, and yeah. They, that we take people through, which is, and this can be a little bit woo woo. 
sure. uh, until people really start to connect the dots. And for yep. a lot of people, they're like, why am I doing vision? What do I need to get clarity on yep. things for? Mm -hmm. Just tell me what I got to fix. And the reason for that is there, in, if I'm trying to make a change in my health and fitness, if I'm trying to make a change in my money, if I'm trying to make a change in my business, whatever it is, there will be sticking points in that process and understanding the why behind why I'm making the changes will keep me on track. And I was talking to another business owner about, um, you know, this concept that, you know, no two things inside of the affiliate exist independently of each other, no matter what, no matter what you think. And I said, understanding how not creating something like my annual calendar hasn't has a negative impact on my sales conversion rate drastically changes how you approach setting up your annual calendar yeah. because you understand if I don't do that this makes it harder for me to do to do sales and I'm not trying to make it any harder for myself and then I can now explain that to my staff and then they understand why we're doing this because all of these things stack together and it's no different with the money which totally. is I, I don't want to do that but by not doing it it's going to make everything that I'm trying to achieve substantially more difficult. Yep. So. Yeah. It's, you know, before, so before this call, we were talking a little bit about um, parenting and um, parenting with cell phones and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think parenting is, is a lot like coaching in a lot of ways. Right. For um, sure. And, and uh, um, I, this is coming from somebody who's not yet a parent. So obviously take this with a grain of salt, but like, tell me if I'm, tell me if I'm right here, Fern. Um, Parenting with certain things, trying to get kids to do certain things is easier if they also understand why they're doing them, right? Whereas if they're talking back and going, why, why, why do I have to clean my room? Why do I have to do that? Why? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a yes and no. So sometimes um, I've heard it, I've heard it said differently, which is um, people, people want to be able to participate in the decision-making. Right. Okay. So yeah, yeah, you, yeah, can, you yeah. could blend these, you could blend these two together. So um, rather than trying to explain to your, my four-year-old why he should do something well, this happened this morning, he said, I want to watch my iPad. And instead of having the argument with him, because I was like, Hey, go get dressed. He's like, but I want to do this. And I said, I said, okay, would you like to eat breakfast with or without the iPad? He goes with the iPad. I said, then go get dressed. And he was like, okay. But if I had tried to explain to him why he can't go do that, mm -hmm. but I attached it to his outcome. And I was like, what do you want? He was yeah. like, I want this. And I'm like, cool. Then in order to do that, you have to do this. And he said, okay, goes upstairs, gets dressed and comes back down. And I'm like, and we're there. there and, we it, and it's the same thing here when we're talking about adults in this scenario. It's like, what do you want? I want this. And I'm like, cool. Then you're going to need to sort this out in order to have the thing that you want. This yes. is part of the requirement. Yeah. Yeah. And to your, to your point, like a, a lot of these scenarios that we run, right. Is like, um, I'd like, I'd like to pay myself more money. Cool. Like let's just bump up the category for paying yourself more money, not actually pay you any more money this next month, but let's mm -hmm. just bump it up and, and just pretend like we're going to pay you more and see how the budget feels. Or right. let's go ahead and bump up the category for hiring another coach. Let's see how the budget feels this month. Right. And let's just put it in there and pretend, but then run that scenario. So anyways, um, yeah, so that's, that's why this is important, but, um, why don't we, we'll set this up this way. So I've got kind of three, three steps that I kind of bucket, obviously some subtasks underneath, um, to try to get the, 
get the finances in order and, and kind of wrap our minds around what we're trying to do here. So the steps go like this, um, track, plan, spend. And I often liken this to a road trip. And so um, I'm down in Tennessee. If I was going to like come visit Fern, but I just get in my car and I'm like, it's somewhere northeast of me. And I just throw my car out the window. After I throw my phone out the window, right? And I just start driving. I'm like, northeast, I'm going. Um, the odds of me getting anywhere close to you are probably fairly slim. And that is how most people operate their gym. They're, they don't even have the GPS turned on, right? Right. And that's the first step. So the first step is track. And, and I'll, I'll maybe share my screen here in a second and talk through that. But that's all we're trying to do. Just turn the GPS on financially. What's going on? What's coming in? What's going out? How is the money flowing throughout a month? What's happening? The second step, the plan step, is diving a little bit deeper into what we were just talking about, this vision, this direction. And because affiliate owners, for the most part, I, I, I guess I should maybe say this is not always the case, but for the most part, uh, affiliate owners, I would say the life of an affiliate owner and their personal life are very closely integrated. Like, sometimes too close, but yes. Sometimes too close. Absolutely. And, and so because of that, the idea of doing planning for your box needs to also take into account planning for your life. What do you want your life to look like? How many hours a week do you want to be personally coaching versus just working on the business versus mm -hmm doing whatever else you want to do. Like, and so thinking through your plan for your life over the next one, three, five years and trying to get a sense of the direction you want your life to go. And then in relation to that, where do you want your box to be? That's the second step. And in, in, in our like road trip analogy, this is me actually putting in a street address. It's not just me saying Northeast. Mm -hmm. This is actually getting, trying to, trying to get clear. Like, where am I actually trying to go to? And then the third step the spend step is really just aligning those two things. If the first step is we now kind of get a handle on knowing where your money's going. And the second step, we know where we want to go. The third is just bringing those two things together with a tool and routines and habits and disciplines that help you do that. Right. Um, I, I always just say it's putting your money where your mouth is. Yeah. Right. So that's, um, the I want to go back framework. to the, I yeah. want to go back to the track because this is Absolutely. where, this is where people, and this is just from what I've seen. So obviously you, you look at everybody's budget that comes mm -hmm. through our course. Um, and I'll talk to them on the small group calls or on our one-on-one -on -one calls. And a lot of people get hung up because they, 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 when, when they launch this, this endeavor, essentially they try to do track and plan simultaneously out of the gate. Yeah. And it, it causes it, it causes, it causes a ton of frustration and, and I've done it too. So what I'll tell people is all you're doing on the front end, when you get into YNAB and you're in the software is your only job is to go in there and say, yes, that is a charge that I did and that I had in my gym. And, and that's, this is, this is how it is categorized. Like that is it. Don't do anything else. Don't try to move money around. Don't try to create your budget. Don't make targets. Don't do any of that stuff. All you're doing is going in there and say, Oh, I have a white dot there next to my 
uh, to my account. And these are the transaction that imported. And they're like, I did, in fact, uh, fill my car up with gas. Yep, that was toilet paper from the store for supplies. That is, in fact, my internet bill. And yep, that is the check for rent. And you're done. That's it. And I tell everybody, I'm like, you're going to do that for like a month, maybe 45 days. Yep. Don't do anything else other than that, just so yep. that you can go back and say, okay, this is actually what I spend. And you'll find out a lot in that process, by the way. 100%. Like, what? like I found when I've launched this, I was like, what is this chart? There were charges. I literally still do not know what they are for. Yep. That I was paying probably for 10 years. Like yep. there's these little one-off charges, five, 14, something like that. And you're like, what? And when you, and, and here's the, here's the important part. When your accountant rectifies those books, they don't ask you about those. In many no. They're just like, Hey, no. that goes into this category. They're not yes. like, what, what is this $5 charge for that you've yeah. been paying for? 10 they just years? assume, Oh, that's software. Fine. Correct. Whatever. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And yeah. I was just like, whoa, 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 whoa. What is that? I think yeah. I went like, I think on the low end, I think actually they're still written up here. Um, I identified like north of $600 worth of stuff. I'm like, I'm getting, I'm getting rid of that. Like, I just yeah. don't need it. Yeah. I just don't need it. Right. Like, is it legit? It, I could justify it as legit. And there's some sure. of them in there. I'm like, I'm going to dispute that. I literally have no idea what that is. Well, and it's not like, okay. So it's, it's not even about, well, let me, let me back up. So you're absolutely right. Just track, just track, just track. Right. It, it is, it is, just like working out. If you've got somebody who's coming in and has not worked out in 10 years, you're not going to be talking to them about nuanced intricacies of being highly efficient with your barbell movements. Like that's not what you're going to do. You don't cover triple extension on day one. Everybody. No, no. You're, you're just like, Hey dude, just come and like, you know, three days a week, three days a week, do it. And we'll just see where you're at. Like that's it. And so the same thing is true here. Just track your expenses uh, and then, but to your point, the, the, uh, over time, you're absolutely right. Like our goal is to get more efficient with our money. We, money is just a tool that allows us to do stuff and we want to be efficient with it. And so you're looking at it and you're going like, okay, these expenses are legit that you found. Like I can, they're legit business expenses. I can totally justify them, but are they actually helping me achieve the goals of my gym? If not, then I'm not being very efficient with my finances and I should probably cut them. So, so yeah, let me, let me share my screen and just kind of poke around for a second and, um, and kind of show. So let's go here, share screen. So we're going to go here and that. All right. So yeah, well, um, yeah. Can you pull that up? There you go. Cool. Sweet. Okay. So cool. for, for those of you who are listening to this, what Nick has pulled up is essentially, this is kind of like a dummy uh, setup in the software called YNAB, which is you need a budget, which is what we have a course for what we run everybody through and we get them set up um, so that they can execute all the ideas that Nick and I have covered in the, in the previous, which then that, and that other podcast was podcast 629, by the way, the first one. So, oh, cool. um, so what he's got pulled up here is essentially a dummy account to kind of walk through a couple of things here. Yeah. So there's really only three steps in terms of like to do the first thing, right? The tracking idea. The first is get your bank accounts into the system. Just set up your bank accounts and link them. Now I tell people, especially like if you've been historically running like profit first or something like that with like 6 billion accounts and doing lots of transfers and that kind of stuff. 
Um, like most things, starting out simpler is important. And so you'll notice over here on the left-hand side, I have one checking account and three credit cards. And I will have I, you know, Nick, just so you know, it, yeah, yeah. It, took, it took a year, but I will be consolidating to one bank account no in, the next, in the next 30 days. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I had like, I had like 11. I was like, I was doing all the things. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just became more and more of a hassle for the transfers and to do the stuff that I wanted. I was like, oh, he was right. <laughs> he was I right. I get it. I get it. I, the, it's how I was, man. Like I had, I had seven or eight bank accounts with my business that I was doing and I was doing all the transfers. And then when I switched over to YNAB back in 2015, something like that, um, it took me a little while. Like there's some resistance to my old system. But yeah, once you embrace it, man, it's so much simpler. But, but, if you do have a lot of bank accounts, I just just don't add them all in. Just start with like your right. your main operating account. If you're saving for affiliate fees or taxes or insurance or anything like that, just don't add those bank accounts in here yet. And so that's that's it. Like it's just setting up the bank accounts um, and linking them so that they start start pulling in the transactions. Now, the next step is to create a basic set of categories. And if you've already got like a PL through your accounting that you're happy with, you could mimic that structure. That would be fine. Um, if you would prefer to create a more intuitive structure, not one that the IRS likes to make sense of, but one that just makes more intuitive sense to you, then you can do that. Um, but for box, it's, it's fairly straightforward. I typically will have a category separate for any retail because I like to see it separate from my operating. I'll have business savings. And so you'll see here, we've just got two little categories, profit mm -hmm. and taxes. And then an owner's comp. And so the the number of categories here will vary depending on like if you're an LLC, if you're an S-corp, if you're uh, just sole proprietor, but more or less, you just need a category to pay yourself. And then the last is all of your operating expenses. And so you can see here, we've got things like the accountant, the affiliate fee, the building rent, um, you know, paying down an EIDL loan, insurance, marketing costs, meals, supplies and Amazon, pretty straightforward. The key takeaway here is for anybody listening, you'll notice in the top right-hand corner, this budget has a total of 29 categories. I try really hard to keep it 30 or under. Um, if you start getting over that, you're just starting to track a lot of stuff that you probably aren't actually going to use to make decisions and are going to be spending a lot more time in here than necessary to get the data that you need. And so I really, the sweet spot to me is 20 to, to 30 transactions. So um, cool with that so far, Fern. Yeah. And um, so when you guys are looking at this, essentially, this is kind of this is a, a different version of kind of what your accountant typically does when they go and like classify your transactions yes. to rectify yes. your books. You would just be doing this yourself. Um, it is very easy. It is super easy to do. Yes. Um, I, I do it for, for three separate businesses and I might spend on the high end five minutes a day. If, and yeah. that, and that would be, if I had a ton of transactions to go through. Yeah. And that's, I mean, when I, I've looked at, gosh, I don't know. Like, like you said, I've looked at, I've looked at thousands of budgets, but I mean, I've looked at a couple hundred just boxes. Um, and I don't know on the high end, maybe three, four transactions a day. I mean, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, the like, only reason you'd have more is if you, it was a backlog, right? So it's over, it's yeah, populated yeah, from the weekend. But yeah, if it. you got if you got got behind or something like that. But if right. you're literally just looking at the amount of transactions on a singular day, there's not that many. And no. so, um, what I, that's kind of what I wanted to show next was the third step in terms of this idea of tracking your money. As you'll notice, Fern said earlier about the sort of white dot on the left hand side. You'll notice I've got this white dot over here on this credit card. So I would click here and you'll notice that I've got uh, 15 transactions that basically need to come in. And, you know, I just pulled these in earlier to kind of make this an, an example, but it's fairly straightforward. So the first is a charge from Amazon. I'm just going to click right here and say, oh, that's my supplies in Amazon category. Next is a Panda Express charge. I'm going to put that in meals. These are software charges. And if I notice a bunch of them that are software, I will just highlight all of those and all at once go edit, categorize, operating, and then find my software category. Boom. That one's also software. Amazon. Amazon. This is supplies. Yep. This would be equipment. And this would be meal. And I'm done. Done. No more white dots. Seconds. Transactions are up to date. And now I'm ready to go over and actually start budgeting and playing with the money. But like you said, I really am not even worried about that in your first month or two. No, it's just well. Number one, you don't. You are. You would be trying to budget without actually knowing what your thresholds were. Totally. So, totally. so we just tell people, I'm like, just categorize things for a month into those categories and yeah. see again, like it's going the same thing with food. If you're like, hey, just track your food so we can actually see what you're eating. Yes. At which point then we can make the adjustments moving forward. Totally. So I tell people, I'm like, don't try to move anything. Just categorize it because the numbers are the numbers. Yep. Yep. They are what they are because yep. you don't you have not you have not monitored them. You don't know which ones that you want to manipulate and you don't know what you want your overall goal to be yet. So just like just track them for a month. You'll have plenty enough information in there. Uh, and then now you can set targets at which point you could start kind of like moving and assigning the money, which I think you might be doing next. Yeah. So that's kind of like when you're ready to move on to that level. Right. So let, let's maybe explain because one of the questions we get and I've gotten this email at least five or six people. Um, affiliate owners have asked me this and then, um, I get, I get it all the time, uh, for personal budgeting, which is, uh, why do I, why do I use wine app? Why do I use this tool? Um, why can I, I already have QuickBooks. Can I just use that? And there is one key feature that wine app does that currently that I've seen no other real tool out there does. And this one key feature forces a significant mindset shift. Mm -hmm. that is the key sort of unlock that you need to, to be able to allocate your money. And so here's, here's that feature. In this example, I've got $16,000 in a checking account. When I come over here to my budget, I have already assigned, well, let me just go back and actually make it even more easy to understand. So right when you start, I've got $16,225 in the main checking. I've got 
more than that up here, which is a little bit confusing. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because I've got some overspending. So let me fix that. I don't want to confuse people. And now this matches this. Mm -hmm. And so what YNAB does is if you just imagine that we're sitting at your kitchen table and we just dump your entire checking account in cash onto the table, YNAB says, all right, uh, you need to budget. What do you want to do with this $16,225? And so you start thinking and you go, well, let's see here. I need to pay myself. I need to pay myself next week. So I'm going to go ahead and put $2,000 right here into this category. Now you can use the a metaphor of putting it into an envelope. You can use a metaphor of just creating a little bitty pile on this big kitchen table and putting a sticky note on it. doesn't matter. The point is you're taking money out of the large pile of cash that is your checking account and setting it aside to do something specific. In this case, I've allocated $2,000 down here. Now, let's really show the power of YNAB and let's take some money away. So let's start with less money. All right, so now I've, I've got money to pay myself, but I've only got four grand left in my sort of pile of cash. And when I think about what's coming up, I'm like, well, I know I need to pay that building rent. Let's say I'm going to write that check today. So that has to come out. And then let's say that I know I have a debt payment. And let's say that I also know that I've got to pay my team payroll this coming week. So I'm going to go ahead and add 1500 there. And now I am almost out of money. And so until I make more money, I only have $150 left to assign. And this is the key. So exactly like the example you gave earlier, right at the beginning of this, if I'm, let's say that I want to make a decision to go buy a rowing machine. And I'm like, ah, oh, we got a kind of rowing machines breaking. We need to, we need to replace it. So I need a thousand bucks. If I look over at my checking account, it looks like I have enough money to go buy the rower. Right. But if well, I, you do, if I just look at that number, <laughs> if I just look at that you number, you could right? buy, you could technically buy six rowers with that much money. <laughs> Depending on the sales tax state you're in, you could yeah. get five to six rowers. Correct. You're good. Um, great. Cool. But the problem then is that you will then not be able to pay yourself. You will then not be able to pay the building rent. You won't be able to make your debt payment and you won't be able to make your team payroll. If I just completely siphon all this cash to go buy rowing machines. And that is the power of YNAB is it forces you to operate as if you don't have credit cards. Now it, it handles credit cards well, so don't get scared and say, we're telling you, you got to give them up, but it forces you to operate as if you have to pay for everything in cash. And by doing that, you have to make really clean and efficient decisions with your money. And so in this case, if I need to go buy a rower, I only have $150 in free cash that I can really use. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to move all of this to the equipment category. And now if I'm like, I want to go buy a rowing machine, I have 150 bucks and I either have to take money from paying myself, paying the building or paying my team or wait until more money comes in the door. Because if I start, if I go ahead and put, let's say I want to go ahead and put uh, another chunk of money in here. 
Okay. Now, why not says, hey, dude, uh, you don't the actually have that much red, money. The old the red box. Totally. <laughs> yeah, I was. Have, this red box, every time <laughs> you have fucked up. <laughs> you have messed up. Yeah. Well, and it's like, imagine I was just doing this earlier today and I was showing somebody. They were like, I don't understand the red box. Like, what, what's what does it mean? And I said, well, let me show an extreme example. Let's come down here to Amazon. And let's say that I just want to really just load up on Amazon stuff. Onap says I have $250,000 that I can go spend on my supplies in Amazon category, right? The available column is like, dude, you're good. Go spend a bunch of money. And then if you look up here, though, it says, hey, dude, uh, you don't actually have that money in your bank account. And so it's confusing to people when it's a small amount. But that shows the point that like, oh, I literally cannot budget with money that I do not have. Yeah, that's that's the real key. Is it? It it, does, it takes all of the thinking and budging it out of it. It says it just forces you to 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 start to budget, and and you cannot you cannot assign money that you do not have anywhere. At which point your your expenses start to shrink just yes. out of just necessity. pure necessity. Yes. To to by executing this in the software, and that's the beauty of it because you really start to narrow things down. Um, I just did my I I was on it officially for I think one year. Uh, oh, nice. last month. So I went back and I did, um, I saw two things. I was over budgeting in the gym and I was under budgeting personally. So mm -hmm. I got to, I got to tighten the budget at the gym. And then what I realized was, and I think you had brought this up before personally, I, I had been fighting the budget for six months. Yeah. And man, I was fighting it. And finally I was just like, I probably should just adjust the budget <laughs> to what we are actually doing. Yes. And I will be much happier. And yes. as soon as I did it, I was fine. Um, and it wasn't that I, I was just trying to, I was trying to force it into a scenario that was not real. And I was like, all right, well, I'll just adjust it. And, yeah. And make the, make the targets different. It's um, <clears throat> at some point you have to be, like what it, what it does is it forces you to be honest. Right? Yeah. You'll give in it's, at some point. You'll be like, oh, yeah. it'll just bludgeon yeah. you to death. You'd be like, yes. all right, I'll, you, YNAB is correct. Yes. Yes. I can no, I can no longer convince myself otherwise. This is how much we spend on groceries. Much, yeah, and it's I'm ridiculous. Like, oh. But doesn't matter how much I don't want to spend it on groceries. Like that is how much that's we spend on what's groceries. coming out. <laughs> yes, yes, and uh, and so to your okay, so to your point, that kind of like that kind of leads right into that next step, which is like if I I can stop my screen share now, but um, this idea of planning, right, right, which is like. I actually really like starting with the gym budgets with people like it. Like if you aren't budgeting at all in any area of your life, I think starting with uh, your gym is much easier than starting with your personal life. That's how I started. And it was yeah. so much easier to transfer it over personally. It, yep. it was, I did it in like, it took me, I don't know. It's probably took me two months in the gym and it took me a week personally yeah. to get yeah. it up and running. Yeah. And you had that. Well, it's like anything, right? You had the, you had the baseline for it, mm -hmm. but the nice thing about it is like, and I know everybody's situation is different in terms of like, if you are, uh, if you're like single and the gym, like 100% supports you, or if you're like married and there's dual income or whatever, I get that everybody's situations are different, but what taking the skills that we're talking about on the gym side, if you go and transfer that to the personal side does, is it then helps you understand in an ideal world, what do I really need the gym to pay me? And this is where, like, one of the things that, that I get on to people a lot about is, like, arbitrary goal setting 
around the financial numbers they want. Like I want to hit this much revenue or I want to hit this much, you know, I want to take home this much or whatever. And it's like very often they're nice whole round numbers that just sound good. Right. It's like, Oh really? How funny that your, your life needs exactly that perfectly round number ending in zero. Right. Really interesting. Right. And, and it forced people to go, Oh, actually maybe that's just like an ego thing. Or maybe that number is what I think is going to impress somebody, or maybe that number is whatever. Whereas if you know exactly how much it costs you to live your personal life and you then like add in, maybe even add in a few things like, oh, well, I'd really like to buy this kind of house, or I really would like to be able to take this kind of vacation once or twice a year, add in a couple of stuff. That's cool. And, and then we come up with a number and like, okay, in your like kind of living your ideal vision for your life, this is how much money you would need per month to live that life. Cool. Well, now let's just go over to the gym and go, well, how do we figure out how to pay you that much? Right. How many gym members do we need? How many people do we need? How many? Okay, well, cool. If we need that many people to hit this revenue to then pay you that, well, how do we get that many people in here? Right. And so now you're setting goals on the box side that mean something that are actually tied into this bigger picture right. of this ideal life that you're going after, not just something arbitrary that sounds cool to say you got this many members. Right. And so, and we do the same thing when people are like, I need a hundred members. I'm like, why, <laughs> what does a hundred members have to do with anything? It's just, yeah. it's just an easy number to look at. So we'll do the same thing when we create these targets and we'll say, Hey, you need to get to 127 members that will equal, you know, $7,000 in increased mm -hmm. revenue for you. At mm -hmm. which point now, you can pay yourself that paycheck that you wanted and based on what we, the exercise we just went through and you could hire a GM at this point yeah. at this number, based on the math we did that at which point now when we're shooting for net three or something like that, following up with those leads, making sure that we get them set up, right? We give them a good experience doing the follow up, the retention checks are all attached to, Oh, my outcome my GM's outcome and you take them more seriously instead of just having an arbitrary number, because when you have an arbitrary number um, and this is uh, I've, I've kind of even taken this over into my team, which is the arbitrary. If you miss target that are arbitrary, they don't mean anything. Totally. You're not upset that you missed them. You're just like, Oh, I missed it. But yep. if I missed it and I know I'm like, Oh, I'm forfeiting my personal goal or I'm like, I'm not going to be able to get the GM hired. I'm like, those now sting a little bit more at which it forces you into some sort of action to fix the problem. Absolutely. It, <clears throat> what well, it's all tied in together, right? Because, you know, back to the, back to the rowing, rowing machine example, right? Like if you know that you're setting aside X amount of money each month for new equipment or you're gonna, you know, whatever it is. Well, and then last minute you decide well, we want to go do this other thing. And now you're forced to go, well, are you really going to take the money from the equipment category? Right. In order to go buy the stuff on Amazon that you found? Or And if you are, great. Great. But, going back to, but now I've made a conscious decision to yes. do so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. completely different. It's completely different. Yeah. Um, so... And again, all of this, we've gotten a little bit into the weeds here, but I think this stuff is important to, to see, to, to give these like very, very tangible, very real examples. Cause like a gym owner is listening to this is like, this is actually how, this is how I make decisions or I yeah. don't make decisions. And that's really the point. Um, 
So we, we start with the tracking. Mm-hmm. We make a plan so that we can attach the tracking to a why. Yes. And then we start actually spending in that scenario. And yes. then, um, but spending, well, how would you describe that type? Because like you, you yeah. said this when we first started, which is like, hey, YNAB is actually, it's not restrictive in nature. And I, yes. I didn't really understand it at first. It's, it's not restrictive. It's actually pretty liberating. Yes. Which is like, hey, spend however much money you want. Totally. Just spend yeah. it where you want to spend it. One of my very, very first, so I've been, I've been doing like personal budget coaching since 2017, 2018, sometime in there. <clears throat> One of my very first clients I ever worked with, he, uh, he, he had a business, but then he had personal life. We're kind of managing both. Um, and we, we had done three or four calls and he, uh, was like, Nick, I'm a little bit embarrassed to tell you this. Um, but I, I just, you know, I was kind of thinking about the budget and where I enjoy spending. And, and, and so here's, here's a map. Um, I, I love Chick-fil-A and I, I'm dead serious is what he said. he said, I, I too really, love Chick-fil-A. I really would like to eat there four or five days a week, you know, basically like every day for lunch is where, where I like, and, and I was like, well, I'm not your health coach. So <laughs> It's your money. <laughs> Great. You know, like, like, and, and really what I told him was, I said, dude, like you told me that your big goals are like to make sure you're, you're saving this much for long-term retirement. And then you wanted to buy a house. We're on track for both of those things. We're setting aside money for both of those things. And so with the money left over, if you want to go to Chick-fil-A every day, absolutely. Let's put it in there and let's make it happen. And so you're totally right. It is not restrictive in nature. It just forces you to decide what's most important and then prioritize it. Um, I think, I think, I think the gap that this fills that as we're kind of um, talking through this is that before we had credit cards and all this other stuff, like you had to actually take money out of your pocket and you had yes. to go spend it. Yes. And then when we started, just started swiping or using our mm-hmm. phone for things, mm-hmm. we re- like spending money really became an afterthought. Like you weren't tracking it. Like it, it, it was, um, I remember when I used to spend money, like as a kid, it, I wouldn't say it was painful, but like there was a very, you felt it. I felt it right. There was a, there was a very kind of like tangible feeling when I, when I parted ways with the money and I either felt really good about parting ways with the money because I wanted that pair of shoes because I had saved for it and all that kind of stuff. Or I was was like, man, I don't really want to give this money, but like I have to do it. And I think YNAB actually like brings that back where when you look at the transactions, you'd be like, yep, that's what I want to spend it on. Or you will have like what I have and everybody else has when like when a transaction comes through that you don't want to spend your money on, you will have a visceral reaction to it, regardless of what the dollar figure is. It'll, it yes. could be five bucks. And I'm like, oh, God, why am I spending my money on that? Yes. And I'm like, yes. that's not what I want to do. And I think it, it brings us back to that and like reconnects us to those transactions because we no longer like spend dollar bills anymore. Totally. Well, it's so fundamentally, right? What is what is money used for? It's just a value exchange, right? right? It's just saying, I am willing, I do not care about this money that I have. I care about this less than the thing that you have, product or service, that you're going to give me if I give you my money, right? You are giving me a product and service, and I am parting with this other thing that I deem less valuable. Well, what credit cards do is they detach us from feeling the value that we have that we're parting with, 
exactly what you're saying. And, uh, and so, yeah, that's, that's the gap that this fills, but let, so back to your question, you asked about like the spend thing. And so we talked about tracking fairly straightforward, get in there, start actually freaking tracking your money. Planning is creating a vision. And, and when I say vision, like I have a sort of a template that, that I've worked mm -hmm. through, maybe we can talk about that, but like, it's really sitting down and mapping out kind of high level bullet points for the next few years of your life. What are the big rocks that you want to make sure happen in your life over the next couple of years? Uh, I break it down into like life and hobbies <clears throat> and then family relationships and then finance and career. And I'll put milestones or bullet points kind of under each heading 2024, 2026, 2030. What are some big things that I want to have accomplished, have done, uh, whatever by those times. And that's the vision. And then, so then the spending plan, all we're doing literally is you pull up the YNAB report and see where you've been spending. And then you pull up your vision doc and you go, am I actually spending money in a way that's going to help me do the thing on this vision? And if the answer is no, which it almost always is, what do we need to change? Mm-hmm about the budgeting. And this is where we switch from simply tracking to proactively planning with mm -hmm. your money. Uh, and so the spend step, what I do, I try to boil this down to <clears throat> everybody should have a current focus or priority with their money. And so it's, uh, it's exactly like, um, like in, 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 uh, in fitness, it's pretty hard to simultaneously gain muscle, put on muscle and lose weight. Those are, those are normally fairly difficult to do at the exact same time. Most people tend to be in like a building phase or a cutting phase. The same thing is true with money. If, if we have too many financial milestones that we're trying to hit at one time, we don't make a lot of progress. And so as part of the spend step, I want everybody to have kind of a number one focus. And so that means like laying out financial milestones that are going to help towards the vision. And so this was the, the kind of the other thing I wanted to hit on today, which is like, if you have extra cash, right? So you've gone through, you've tracked your money, you're starting to cut out. Like you said, you cut out $600 worth of expenses. And now you're like, cool, what do I do with that 600 bucks that I just cut? The answer is you need to figure out where you're at on this path and then attack with extra cash, that sort of number one focus. And so uh, my sort of milestones or roadmap that I like to follow first is uh, to get what I, what I call in YNAB one full month ahead. And that operates like a emergency fund effectively. Mm -hmm. And so it does two things. One, it breaks paycheck to paycheck, but two, it, it operates as an, as an emergency fund. And so I define one month ahead as, and like, when I say this, a lot of people, their, their, their brains go, Oh, that would be really nice. But here's how right. it works. You are officially one full month ahead when you show up on June 1st, and in YNAB, what I showed earlier, all of your categories are fully funded. So I have all the money to pay my team, all the money to pay the rent, all the money to pay myself, all the money to buy my software, all like all the money for that month that's needed is done. And then all of the revenue that I make in June, I can put in July. 
And so I prioritize that even over debt pay down because what a lot of people do if they're working on debt pay down is that they get a, let's say they do a really big month, right? They host an event or they just have an influx or a bunch of drop-ins that month or whatever. They're like, oh, cool, we crushed it. They'll just hammer debt. And then inevitably something comes up that they didn't anticipate or that took them off guard. And so what do you do? Well, now I don't have all the cash because I just spent it last month trying to pay down the debt. So we rack up the debt again. And that cycle is vicious. And so the first milestone is trying to get a month ahead so that then I have a little bit of breathing room. And from there, I start attacking debt. Well, I, I feel like your your kind of philosophy of one month ahead is tapping into something very similar um, that profit first does, which is like, absolutely. Yeah. Like prioritize you first. Yes. We'll, t we'll take care of the debt here when, when we get there and it'll be easier to take care of the debt if we prioritize you first. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. Cause every, I mean, I don't know anybody who hasn't been through that, like all oh, extra money paid on the credit card. And I'm like, inevitably I'm like, it would have been real nice to have that money. <laughs> yes. And now yes. I have more credit card debt. Yep. Um, and I think that's one of the big ones is, is, again, really prioritizing that say, nope, I'm definitely not going to spend that here. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to push that off a little bit, make the minimum payments or whatever I need to, because then I'll be in a, I'll be in a better place to speed it. So it's like, go slow to go fast type 100%. deal, yeah. you know, go slow on the front end to pay off that debt to, to pay it off real quick, uh, down the road. Yep. So, yep. Yep. Um, so let's say you do get one month ahead. I, I like, I, I equate like getting a month ahead is like, um, when you see somebody will use females cause this is typically, it happens more often than not. When you, when you see a female that comes in and has now gotten their first pull up, they walk a little different. <laughs> and when you see a gym owner that is now a full month ahead, they walk a little, walk different. A little they're, different. They're I just like, like yo, I got this under control. Like I'm, I'm good. There's a different level of confidence when they've done that because they're, they're really starting to like train that muscle of like, oh, I'm going to manage my cash. Well, I'm going to put my money goes where I want my money to go. Um, and I think that's really cool. Once they do that, what's the, what's the next step? Yeah. What so do I do now? This is where if you have high interest debt, right. And so high interest debt's generally going to be anything like 10% or above uh, for some people, maybe it's eight or 9%, but, but certainly 10% or above if you've got debt, I'm, I'm going to prioritize that after I'm one month ahead. And so if I've got any extra cash, that's what I'm going to do. And, and so part of this, you know, I said at the beginning, as part of the spend step, we're learning habits and routines that we execute on that are methodical to help move us towards this, right? And so one of those routines is at the end of each month, I go through the budget, takes an extra five minutes that day. Mm -hmm. And I look and see, is there anywhere that we came in under? right? Like we set aside this for meals, but we didn't end up spending it all. Or we set aside this for supplies and we didn't end up using it all. And if there's anywhere that we came in under, if I don't need it to grow and build up like my affiliate fee or my insurance or my taxes or something, if it's just kind of discreet, like normal stuff and I got a little bit extra, I don't care if it's $2, I'm moving it to my number one focus. Yeah. So for instance, if you had budgeted $750 for supplies in Amazon and you spent 500, Mm -hmm. Don't leave that 250 there. Take that 250 out of that bucket and move it over to that debt payment. Absolutely. And so a lot of the times, like when I do this, um, people like will think it's goofy because like little, I'll move 28 cents. Like, I don't care. Like if it's like, if there's a little bit of extra, 
like I'm taking it and moving it to my number one focus right now. And so uh, after one with the head, it's, it's high interest debt from there. Then it starts to get a little bit depending on the nuance of the, the gym owner, the nuance of um, either the location of the gym and like kind of the seasonality of it or um, how necessary you personally rely on this income. Right. And so I'll use two extreme examples. Um, Extreme example number one would be someone who like has a spouse who pretty much can pay the bills. The gym, if they go a month or two without getting paid, not a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're super stable. There's no real variability or seasonality in terms of their, their memberships. For someone like that, one month ahead is plenty. If I have extra cash, sure, I'll hammer low interest debt. Um, extreme other end would be someone who lives in a summer destination. Summers are big, lots of drop-ins. And so my summer months really high. My winter months kind of slump off. In addition to that, I really rely on this income. I need it desperately to live my personal life. For that person, once we're done with the high interest debt, even if we have low interest debt, I'm probably going to prioritize a couple more months of cash so that I can weather those slow winter months so that I can make sure that my family and my personal bills are taken care of. Uh, And so somewhere between the two extremes of push for three months ahead versus one month is plenty hammer, low interest debt. There's a spectrum of people that are going to fall kind of on different places, but it's sort of a toss up between months ahead versus low interest debt at that point. Okay. And then at this point, it's, we're kind of looking at, what's your is this we're like okay now we're pushing towards like what's your what's your big vision yes yeah yeah and so now ideally long before you're even like debt free you have a vision of where you're really trying to go you want to buy a building you want to buy i gotta make a hundred fifty thousand dollar paint down payment yes it's gonna be 20 percent of the property totally totally um, you've got some big picture vision that's pulling you and driving you, right? That discipline requires direction idea. You've got the direction. And so now once the debt's gone, buddy, it's just like turbocharged because mm-hmm. now all the money that you were using towards the low interest debt or the getting ahead is now just going into a savings account for the big goal of buying a building, or maybe you're just paying yourself more money so that you can do dope stuff in your personal life. Like, mm-hmm whatever it is, but it's the idea of now we're just accelerating towards the bigger vision that you have, which then obviously becomes highly specific to whatever you're trying. Right. Yeah. I want to pay a GM. I want to offer uh dental medical and, you know, like whatever it is. But at that point, again, you can make that decision going back to kind of where we started was we can run that experiment, be like, Hey, how much would it cost for me to uh, to put in this plan or set up a 401k or transition, um, some of these people to W2s. And I need to factor in that it's going to cost me 11% more in payroll, yes. um, to pay yes. them versus 1099 because we're, we're going to give them a full-time role now. Um, all those things, like we would, we would walk through that and we would, we would do the math and we would execute that before executing it. So we would execute it in the budget before mm-hmm. we executed mm-hmm. it real time. And there was an actual transaction yes. to verify the decision-making process. And that's where this gets really powerful is we're not just kind of randomly or arbitrarily spending money anymore. It, yeah. We're only spending money in the places where we want to spend money. Yep. Yep. 
Yeah, and this and this works at the the that sort of tail end level, right? Where like mm-hmm. the gym is crushing, we're cash flowing like crazy, we're hitting our dreams, we're saving money for big stuff. It also works at like the very beginning level, which is like, dude, I'm just trying to get the gym big enough to quit my job, mm-hmm. right? Like we got guys like that that are like, hey, I'm a teacher, hey, I'm a this, hey, I'm a that, and like, what I want to do is like figure out when can I start paying myself enough for me to make that leap. I got a question for uh, for Eaton real quick. Okay. Um, uh, it, did you budget this, Eaton? Is uh, is giving a five dollar donation <laughs> to the best hour for Cody's <laughs> coffee addiction in your budget? Why not? Because if it's not, we got to talk, my friend. <laughs> he's got a, he's got that gifts category, you know. Yeah, maybe yeah that's right. Maybe. It's giving. It's giving. It's giving. Five dollars giving. Uh, um, yeah, and I think. Uh, and we've we've kind of we've we've talked high level, we've talked in the weeds here, and I'm hoping everybody's really taking away the real point of this, which is control. Yes. You want to have control. Yes. I have met very few gym owners ever that have had legitimate control of their cash flow. I know that because I see everybody's money when they come into the course and when they show me their expenses, it's a nice round number at the end, which automatically tells me that that's not accurate. Um and and this is a problem. It, it was a problem for me. It's a problem for most gym owners. And understanding that cash is the fuel for you to create this really high functioning business to create the impact either in your personal life or with your coaching staff or in your local community. This is the tool that will help you do that. And 100%. we can stop living in this kind of uh, cycle of martyrdom or well i'm just going to keep reinvesting in the gym and it's like no you don't need to do that like let's create a healthy you know solution for you personally at which point i was telling somebody this the other day um i think a lot of gym owners don't understand obviously there's a limit to this so there's a point of diminishing return but if i was to pay you a half a million dollars nick you would put up with a higher level of nonsense for half (laughs) a million dollars than if i paid you five hundred dollars yes and And that's kind of how the gym should be like, you're going to deal with all levels of nonsense and Mm -hmm. you have to, you have to reward yourself appropriately to put up with those things. Yes. Cause it's, cause it's not easy. It's hard. It's hard to run any business pizza, pizza joint or a CrossFit gym. You have to reward yourself because if you do not reward yourself, their resentment will build. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, um, that that just goes back to what we said earlier, right? With like the personal life and the gym is is very intertwined, and like if the if if you're you know you got into being a, an affiliate owner for some reason, you didn't just wake up one day and magically find yourself the owner of an affiliate. I mean, normally you you decided, sure, even if it started or happened very quickly and. And that kind of thing, you decided like what you wanted it to be at least enough that you decided this is worth something to me. And at some point you have to ask yourself, like, is this actually delivering on the expectations that I set when I started this process? And you need to make sure you're rewarded for the hard work for sure. Yeah. And and again, if you're if you're a generous person, you'll only be more generous. Totally. And that's Absolutely. the way it'll work. So yeah. Um, awesome. I think we've covered enough for today. We've covered a lot today. And, uh, so again, if you guys have not listened to the first episode, go back episode 629, 
Um, Cody, when is the next one on the books for? Do you know off the top of your head? We're doing like every five weeks or so. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, I think, but yeah, we have a whole series through the end of the year. We're going to, you know, so we've talked just generally about money and budgeting. And today we talked about like, Hey, what's this process look like to get started? What are kind of like the big milestones as we work through putting a budget together and we will, these topics will get more and more specific moving forward um, as we roll out the new shows. Um, if you guys are interested uh, July 17th. Yep. So there you go. So July 17th Sweet. is the next show. Um, and again, we'll have these, they'll get more specific. If you guys have questions about this, reach out. This is something we take everybody through in affiliate university. Nick is the budget coach for us and he, that's his specialty. And, uh, and we let him do a lot of the heavy lifting there, but has profound impact on people running their affiliates. Um, and in many instances, it's not even making more money, just like having control of the money that they yeah. do have. So, um, if you're interested in, uh, I feel like you, Cody, that, uh, incentive is live now, correct? So if you sign up prior to the games and share this with any affiliate earning have, if you sign up prior to the games, we will sponsor a level one, two, three, or four for you or for any coach that you want to gift that to. And that will be um, part of your tuition for affiliate you. We want to put you guys back onto the continuing education train and put and put money back into your personal development. And we are willing to do that. So that incentive is alive or not live is live now. Um, I think, I think we filled up every slot for the next two weeks as far as like uh, calls for people that are interested. So get in there. Um, if you have questions about that or you get in there and you want a book and you don't see anything just send an email to support at best hour of their day.com and we will get you slotted in there or just DM us on Instagram um, and we'll get you guys taken care of. But Nick, thank you as always, my friend. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And we will see you guys next time. See ya. See ya.